Welcome to Creative Conversations with Costume Designers. Oh my gosh, that was a lot. <laughs> well, us costume designers have a lot to say about what it looks like to tell stories with clothing. I'm your host, Mandy Line. I've been a costume designer for the last 22 years. During COVID-19 lockdown, I felt lost, not being able to make words on a page come to life through costume design. I decided to reach out to my peers, come to find that they felt the same way. I decided to seize the moment and start this podcast. We don't need a lockdown to want to be inspired, motivated, and entertained. So each week, tune in to hear amazing, (laughs) unexpected stories of what it looks like to be a costume designer to them. No one's story is the same. Trust me. Are you ready? I am. Let's do this. Each episode is brought to you by the Western Costume Company, your one-stop shop for all your costume needs. Okay, I am totally playing favorites here. One of my most fun interviews I've ever done. I think this one even went two parts. Well, you will see why this Emmy Award winning costume designer, Jen Rosen and I get along so well. Here we go. Hi. Look at our lipstick. I know. How are we matching? What happened? This is so great. <laughs> okay, wait. I'm going to switch. I have this little light that I put on. Give me two seconds. Uh, there we go. Wow. I love your background. Are those real plants? Oh. Um, yeah, it's my very sad fiddle leaf fig because it, it, I'm at our, our weekend getaway house. We've been here for a few weeks and yeah. uh, it was left many months without water while we were uh, <laughs> staying at home in New York. So it's trying to bounce back. No, it's good. It's good. You're going to talk to, you know what, just to hang out with a plant. I've heard that like conversations help plants grow. Seriously, we'll find out. This is going to be great. No, watch during the live, it like dies. Oh, don't say that. It'll probably fall over. It's like, forget about it. Well, thank you so much. People are tuning in, falling in. I am so grateful we have our costume designer. Now, am I going to get your last name right, Jen Rogan? Close, Rogan. It has an extra vowel in there. Yeah, it's it's easier than it looks. It is. I tried to be all fancy. Well, I am... I've been trying to, you know, talk to you forever and life has happened and I'm so glad that you're here. What I'm going to do first off is I'm going to, oh my gosh, we're already to $70. I want to point out to everybody and remind them $5, $100, $2, anything right now counts and it goes to the Equal Justice Initiative and what they do, they work within the prisons. They're working right now with the uh, people that have COVID in prisons. Uh, child, this is what a really cool, not cool, but a really important issue that they really focus on is children in adult prisons and what that looks like and to help move them and fund. So thank you guys for donating. This is such an important cause while we're on here. You know, we might, we might as well do some good besides inspire. I think uh, anything helps right now. So I'm going to run through your credits for a minute. Okay. And then we'll get to it. Um, okay, so it's funny because I never look at my notes, but I had so many cool questions. I'm going to look at them just in case. Um, a lot of, most of my guests actually that I've been choosing have been such prime examples of what we need right now for change. Jen, your reputation, people love working with you. Everybody's your <laughs> friend. Oh yeah, that's my friend. That's my friend. So a designer like this that gives back is so important to me. Uh, so let's talk about her 
four main shows that I'm obsessed with, which by the way, I'm going to call you like the Justin Timberlake of costume design. <laughs> Everything you touch goes to number one. You've got Orange is the New Black, Katie King, Russian Doll, Emmy Award winning costume designer for Russian Doll. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And girls. So, I mean, you, you literally, your four main shows have gone to number one. Like, did you even expect it? No, you don't expect it. You just oh, go no. into it. No, I mean, you don't know with anything. You never know when you're working on something if it's going to land. Um, yeah. I, if I'm lucky, get to look, get to work on shows that I really want to watch. Right. And Ooh, that's I a good call. That's, yeah. That means that I have, you know, pretty normal or average taste in television. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of an escapist viewer. So I don't yeah, know what that too. says about me and the reflection of, of the greater viewing public, but, um, but I, I don't want just fluff. And right. I think that's been something that's been very important about all of the shows that I've worked on. Um, girls. Your choices. A, yeah. Yeah. And just, and sort of the, the undercurrent of the show being a little bit subversive. I mean, even if it is amazing fashion, Katie Keene is dealing with real issues. You know, Orange is dealing with real issues in a much different way, but the shows still have real issues at the center of them. And I think that's what attracts me to them in the first place. That. And Russian Doll, too. Identity and politics and gender. And there's there's the common thread of dealing with real topics, but in a way that is entertaining and escapist. And you have to think about it. And that's important to me. No, I really, what going through doing your, doing more research on you and not just like knowing all your shows, that common thread, you were so right. That was so important because it's like, you're going to watch TV, you get to escape with the fashion and the love and the, you know, all the sexiness, but you <laughs> really, you really do walk out of your shows going, wow, that hit hard. I'm going to talk about a moment at Orange is the New Black that hit me hard, uh, but we're going to start, we're going to start first of all with girls. So here's the thing about girls. <laughs> Our, you know, branding manager, Linda Kearns, all I heard was, you have to meet this girl, Jen. You have to meet this girl, Jen. She does the show <laughs> Girls. And I'm like, whatever. I'm doing Pretty Little Liars. I have no life. Then the cast on my show would come in and say, oh, did you see the clothes? Did you? Something about the mesh yellow tank top oh. that like blew people's <laughs> minds. So I yeah. heard about your show while I was doing my show. And one of the things that I, within my research, uh, started to understand was Girls was one of the first real body shows, real uh, targeting issues that we dealt with instead of just pretty and shopping and belts and accessories and everything put together. Can you explain your experience going into girls maybe thinking costume design should be one way and really hitting oh. home with the realness of that show. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I walked into girls having been an assistant designer on The Good Wife, which <gasps> is still the chicest show on television. Yes. Um, and, and Dan Lawson. Hello, hello, hello. Dream. Yeah. Hi, Dan. Um, and, you know, we were, it was so high end and it was lawyers and women far into their careers with, with money to spend on clothes and everything was tailored. And, and the, the first round of fittings with girls was just sort of a, a crazy experience because we did Lena's first and I spent the whole fitting tailoring, nipping, tucking, belting shoes, what, the whole nine yards. What we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. What we're used to is making, making our leading ladies look good. 
um, even if they are characterful, they still look good, or they did at the time, because that's almost yeah. 10 years ago already. And the first day on set, Jenny Connor, our executive producer, pulled me aside, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get fired. Oh my god, right, right. I'm fired. I'll, I'll um, and Goodbye. she said, I just got off the phone with Judd, and I was like, oh, I'm really getting fired. And she said, we need to pull the belts. We need to, we need to do something with Lena's costumes, because no one is going to believe that a character that looks this good is this much of a mess. And so that character yeah. trait came from all the way up with Lena, Jenny, and Judd. You know, yeah. that, was, that wasn't just me saying, oh, it doesn't look right. It was a real considered moment of her clothing needs to reflect her character. And her character is young and messy mm -hmm. and unmoored and is all of that needs to come through in her physical appearance. So it wasn't about necessarily specifically body image and broadening right. your body image horizon. It was about a, reflecting a real character, not a real girl, because right. Hannah and Lena are very different and people do yeah. not necessarily get that to this day. Right. Um, and, you know, Lena's a real, she's a real visionary and, and she was super game to ditch all the belts and all the I was going to ask, while you did that, was she like, bam, you're right. We should have done this. Oh, makes no, sense. I mean, Lena was the creator of the series. So she was in that conversation right. with Jenny and Judd. And I got the abbreviated. I just got the notes. I didn't get yeah. the whole thing. But yeah. the takeaway was I literally ran from set back to the costume truck and took all of the belts out of everything that wasn't established, took away all of Done. the heels, and took wow. away all of her Spanx. Because we had fit everything with Spanx. And even just pulling the foundations mm -hmm. made everything fit differently. And that it makes her move differently too. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Enough, it was enough to both affect how she felt, but also how everything fit. And we, when you fit with Spanx, everything has this smooth foundation. And, then and, you and your the posture Spanx, too. Yeah. And yeah. And it affects how everything laid on the body, how everything fit. And then after that fitting, we started to really lean into that. And so I would, we, I would talk with Lena and be like, hey, look, this is a terrible hem length for you. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd laugh and be like, yeah, that's what Hannah's going to do. Love it. Um, yeah. So, you know, we really tried to think about character when we were doing little tweaks to things. And we still tailored things. Sometimes we tailored them to be less flattering. Yeah. Um, and then we tailored Marnie's stuff to be even more flattering to really draw that distinction about um, characters who think differently about their personal presentation. Um, and that was with all four girls and even, even the guys, I think the person we tailored the most heavily on that show was, um, raised t-shirts because they were all right. vintage. And so we found right. what we could and then made them over. But yeah, the, the <laughs> body positivity conversation wasn't named that yet. Yes. Um, but girls was certainly a show about reflecting the characters in our life in their clothes. It was one of the first shows that I'd been on where, the, and this is what we do as costume designers. The clothes yeah. really were a language for those characters. They, I, you took the words out of That's exactly what I was going to say. Your storytelling yeah. through. Absolutely. Through. Yeah. And the characters were, you know, that first wave of millennial characters and, and really leveraged the power of clothing to communicate with each other, uh, with the television audience that we had. And it was, it was really interesting. And I remember we had shot season one, it hadn't aired yet. We had just come back to start prepping season two and season one was uh, premiering and everyone was talking about how many followers Lena had on Twitter. And I was like, what's Twitter? Because yeah, you know, it was 2011. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I mean, I was on Twitter as a, as a private group with my friends, not with some Twitter was some like college thing that I had heard yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't a platform yet where you engaged nope. with 
fans of your show and just to watch that explode literally as we were coming back to work for season two um brought a whole element into the conversation right with, right you know people talking about the clothes which was it, for me very weird because they well, were salvation army clothes they were thrift shop clothes they were recycled clothes they were yeah, you know h&m yeah. zara like we shopped where the characters might have shopped in a lot of ways it was method shopping <laughs> like no I, a huge budget you know, and it may make it like you may have to shop in more stores. Well, if, what's yeah. interesting is in my fittings, your clothes started to affect my fittings. So I was on <laughs> PLL when you were on Girls, and all of a sudden, how dare my characters have an opinion? Well, this isn't really what would happen. I was like, yes, but you're a doll. We're not supposed to do real. No, but but right. it helped actually. Shows are, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it helped I used express to look at little liars and think wow everyone looks amazing <laughs> well no it, I, thank you but what actually what it did for my characters and try and belisario always spoke her mind and she would come in and we would have to kind of cut it in half we would say okay this is aspirational but this is real so it was mm. interesting what your show yeah. did for a conversation on my show really opening up a uh, discussion so Thank you, I think. Uh, <laughs> thank you, because my fittings got a little bit tougher. No, um, I meant to touch on your journey. We would be here. I read about you last night about uh, Idaho. Then, uh, wait, this was the journey. It was very interesting. I have a little uh, bullet points. Okay, so we've got Idaho, Yale, Saxon, New York involved. So your beginning didn't intend to be this at all. And one of your quotes was really interesting. The first job you get is actually one of the most, wait, what is it? The first job you get is the thing you most want to do. And that's what you were saying was very rare. So can you touch on your intentions of going to college for chemical engineering <laughs> and as fast as possible, you know, kind of get to wow, fashion and this, my first job is actually what I want to do? Like, the Well, if I would have been a little more self-aware when, yeah. when matriculating at Yale, I would have realized that I was on a divergent path to begin with because the reason I chose Yale was the write-up of kids pushing aside the dining hall tables and doing theatrical productions in the dining halls at night after dinner. And then I declared as a chemical engineering major. So, you know, I, maybe I should have been a little bit more. Well, I think that, that was your heart. I think it was subconsciously <laughs> yeah. leading there. Yeah. Well, and I don't have, um, I don't have any freelancers in my immediate family as right. models. You know, there's Me such either. a conversation. Yeah. If you, if you see it, then you can be it. Yeah. And um, my parents at the time were both educators. So they had steady jobs and my grandparents were self-employed. And so I didn't have a model for how you get a job as a freelancer or how you get into yeah. film and television. And that's a, that's a question I still get asked all the time. What does that I even mean? Yeah. Answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of the things that is amazing about going to a school like Yale, and let's be real, my parents did not pay for college. I walked out of there with tons of student loans. Wait, um, I, so I was going to say that I was looking at your schooling, then you went to Parsons. I was like, I wonder if she's still in debt. No, I was looking at your You know your what? I'm very happy to say. <laughs> I have paid off my student loans. Working in film and television, I have paid off my student loans. And that was a huge day. I sent, I sent a screenshot to my mom. Um, you know, and I was in my very late 30s. Saying, oh, God, look what I did. But you did it. Um, and your background, your schooling is quite extensive. 
uh, education is important in my family. Yeah. Education is important. And what's funny is I didn't actually study for what I do today. Yes. So, yeah, I, um, I mean, I did and I didn't. At Yale, right. I studied art and psychology. And I tried to get the to get the school to let me into the drama school for a master's class in, fashion, in uh, costume design. Apologies. Oh, wow. And they were like, no, you're an undergrad. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I, I made duct tape dresses and should have studied sculpture because I could have made clothes. Um, cool. But I studied art and psychology design and psychology to be uh really very sorry. useful it paused for a second sorry oh sorry um no, so it's, it's, it's been a very strangely useful conversation but then i've had some really incredible mentors along the way dan lawson being one of them um and then i've had a couple of wardrobe supervisors in my life who have been so so important and there's a there's a big difference in the term wardrobe supervisor in la and new york Right. Um, and so I've had a couple of really, really amazing, like best in the business supervisors in New York who taught me everything I know about not just the logistics of costume design, mm -hmm. because in New York, it is a key position for keeping the department running. Right. Um, Barbara Haas and Gail Fitzgibbons are two of the most experienced, intelligent, creative costume supervisors I've ever worked with. And they both taught me so much about navigating the business, but also working with actors. I like and... that you said creative, because usually those two terms don't go together. Creative oh my God, no, they, both of them have saved me numerous times wow. by saying, I know you had a red purse in the bottom of this costume bag, but this is what's happening in the scene. So is that uh, what you were really thinking? I and... love, that's my first supervisor used oh to God. say, you forgot it's raining. I'm like, holy crap, it's raining in this scene, shit. <laughs> Having a team who backs you up saves yeah. your life huge, every day. Huge. And I am only as good as my team, and I'm so, so lucky that I have an incredible team around me, especially on Katie Keene. But I mean, every, my of whole course. team, because they do come and go, you know, we're all freelancers, and so um, a lot if of- If we could, we like hold on to them, but then oh. we get to meet, like when I got to meet my crew in Vancouver, I'm like, if I didn't take this opportunity, I would have never met them. Absolutely. Yeah. And you make some incredible friends. Um, but I also try and graduate as many of my crew as I can. So I'm always losing assistant designers. I know. It's like and PAs, <laughs> which is a great thing. Yeah. But also means that we're always sort of on the hunt for amazing people. Well, um, you know, that feeling if you know that their next job, you're like, I'm losing them after this one. You just oh, know. Yeah. 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 I know. No, and I fully made deals with some of my team where I'm like, look, if me you'll do this one more time. Just, we'll just one more show. Yeah, just no, one more, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah one, no. just help me for one more. So the um, that's been a really key part of my education is learning on the job because I didn't have any film and television experience right, when right. I started out as a production assistant. Corporate retail is very, By the way, we're getting different. a hand saying, I'm available, I'm available. Yeah, people great, are already asking great. for jobs. Hopefully we can talk about how we, how we navigate that. Um, <laughs> but what's amazing is that Saks still feels a bit like a homeboy from home because I still understand the other side of it when I'm shopping there and I understand like the logistics that go into getting close to the floor a little bit and the seasonality. And so that's been a really interesting and sort of a nice place to sort of watch Saks evolve. Um, even though I left almost 20 years ago. Yeah, uh, but so that knowledge, that knowledge is everything. Yeah. Like when you start to realize how important the truck job is, like oh anyone God. that I hire, I all, I always Absolutely. say, do you know what it looks like to get the clothes from the fitting room, our office to the truck and why? why yeah why this happens like it's so, the why there's an it it's it's the why yeah, and yeah i think about that all the time that if someone's telling you something there's something behind it 
you yeah. have to listen to what you're being told, but you also have to listen to why they're telling it to you totally, totally. because it means that there's something else happening in the chain. But yeah, absolutely. So it's been, it's been sort of a combination of formal education. And then right. um, I went to Parsons to get a piece of paper that said I knew how to sew. Right. Effectively. Even right. though I grew up knowing how to sew. My mom sews. My grandmother was a crazy knitter. Um, we have quilters in the family. You know, I just grew up learning how to use a sewing machine and I didn't know that that was weird until I got to Yale. And, yeah. and it, it makes me so, so happy to see the younger generation is still sewing. And that makes, that makes me sound really old, sorry. In Vancouver, um, everyone sews. Really? Oh, oh my God, it is crazy. I never knew. All of a sudden, my truck girl, there was a tailor that was having a day and I said, you know what? We're gonna, you know, we're gonna split the time, go home, yeah. get some rest. We were pulling, you know, 18 hour days. Crazy my hours. truck girl came in. Oh my gosh. And I just, and my assistant Canada, she goes, Oh, most everyone sews here. And I was like, Oh, hell oh, yeah. Amazing. Because I mean, it's a real talent. It is a skill, but it's also a talent. And, oh. uh, and I, I had some of the most amazing tailors on Katie Keene, as you might imagine, because we made so many special weird fun amazing things oh i'll get um, to that don't worry don't you get <laughs> don't you feel like so cool when a tailor like approves your designs like i get so excited i was uh, like oh you like it well <laughs> and, uh, katie the tailors made them better uh, let's be honest don't they don't they <laughs> take a sketch that was barely functional and turn it into magic judith at warner brothers i would do my half-ass sketches and she would come in and say oh by the way i put this button for when she runs through the forest and and we're gonna hook this up oh. and i'm like can we savior. can i yeah savior right wow yeah, that's huge that is huge uh one one thing i uh i get so carried away with you because i love talking to you can we talk about because everyone always says you know, everyone's journey is different on how they got in. So we heard a little backstory of how you got in, but there was that one moment, like for me, I had quit a job and I never quit. And this actor was horrible to me, horrible. And I went to the dentist, met up with a director. He recommended me for the job for an assistant. I met this woman, she hired me to design. This was one day after letting myself, you know, off a project and I got into television that way. I heard a really cool thing about when you were approached to do girls about a cover letter. Oh, yes. Do you mind touching um, on that? It seems so cool. Absolutely. Well, I was working, uh, I started as a PA. So I, right. I worked my way up from, um, well, effectively being a must hire. Poor Mark Bridges to this day. The poor, the poor gentleman was saddled with me as a must hire as a PA on uh, my very first movie. I didn't <laughs> know what it meant when the director says, oh, you should go join the costume department. I had been his like errands photocopying. Assistant. Oh, you had worked for the director? Well, I was in school, yeah, for a few hours a week. And we got along great. And, and he knew I wanted to do costumes. And I yeah. knew that, and he knew I also didn't want to be a director type, which is why he hired me because he didn't right. want to show someone the ropes and I was happy to just sort of see what just was going do whatever on. yeah yeah so I started as a as a PA and by the for Mark moving... Bridges Oscar award winning Mark Bridges oh, like yeah, yeah 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 really lucky really lucky awesome. break um <laughs> and I adore him and it was a tear movie it was a big tear movie because yeah. you know huge amazing cast and yeah um a very quirky story but I you know I had been working for, for Steve Shaneberg the director for the year, the year leading up to production. So I had seen all the script drafts and I had 
done weird versions of research decks. I didn't realize the photocopying that I was doing was the research Bible for the film. For wardrobe or for the, for oh, the, no, whole the, film. the entire the thing. Whole wow. film. Yeah. So Mark would, Mark would be musing about some question. I'd be like, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. And he's like, how do you know that? So I hoped that I ended up being a useful yeah, plus hire. Totally. That's cool. Because, That's you know, cool. You never know. Yeah. Um, we got along great. And then I got to be buddies with the art department PA who said, hey, I got a question about a, a fittings PA on this big, big movie coming into town. He's like, I don't want to do it because I don't want to be in the costume department, but you should send your resume. Yeah. Um, and that's, and so I did. And, um, and that's how I sort of kept going as a PA is that, you know, you, I was willing to do whatever. Right. Um, but when girls came along, I'd been assisting down for a few years already. We'd been through several projects. Right. Um, what a cool mentor, like what a cool, uh, yeah. right? Incredible. Getting to work for Dan Lawson is like getting mm. a master's degree in costume design and getting paid for it, which is ridiculous. I feel like I had um, a degree just for my interview and I was like, thank oh, you, Dan Lawson, thank you. So knowledgeable. It's really <laughs> no. just, and, and so willing to give answer questions and give. He is give. a giver. He is. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, he'll ask you to pull the line with him and explain why he's making the choices that he's making or, you know, frame those questions, you know, this is happening, this is happening, what, what would we do? I think it should do this, but it's, it's a conversation. It's done. And he and knows why he's doing it too. It sounds like he's yeah. like, I'm, yeah. I yeah. Like and he trained me well. That's how I grew up. And so that's what I try to do okay. with my crew. Yeah. Um, and the, the girls, moment kind of came through him in a way one of our our upm at the time now she's a producer our upm at the time was mentored by eileen landress the executive producer of girls and they were having drinks and eileen mentioned that the girls had gotten picked up after the pilot and they were looking for some crew because it had been a bit of a lag between when they shot the pilot and when they went to series got it and so some people had moved on to other projects and you know how, how it works you do a pilot you can't it just happens yeah series. And our UPM said, you know, I really think I have someone that might, that might really be good for your job. So she asked Dan if she could recommend me because she understands how costumes works. And she understands that a costume designer and their assistant costume designer, that relationship is very special mm -hmm. and that they often travel together for a long period of time. And in fact, uh, when I was assisting Dan, he had an assistant named Danielle, who is still with him to this day. And um, I think that is a huge compliment to both of them right. that they have a really tight team and they continue to work together. And so Dan said, Hey, our UPM approached me about this project. And she asked me if I could recommend, if she could recommend you. And I just wanted to let you know that that's what's happening. And absolutely, you should totally go for it. And so. How professional of the UPM and Dan. It was really insane. Everything about it was really insane. Wow. It really sort of felt meant to be. Um, because as it happened, I was driving into work one day, listening to Lena on NPR talk about the project having been picked up and just being like, man, I hope I get to work with her someday. How cool would that be? Wow, I just got the chill. And so cheesy. Isn't that crazy? Cool. Isn't that crazy? Um, so I did, I sent the most important cover letter of my life. <laughs> and what do you um, say? You're like, cover letter, how long has it been since I've done one of these? Like, uh, well, 2011, that's how long it's been. So, right. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, 2011, Girls was the last cover letter I wrote. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Uh, it turned out to be really, really important because the UPM of girls is a stickler for mm. cover letters. Oh, well, and, and I didn't know that going into it. There's no yeah. way you can know that. Um, but I've always felt that spelling is really important. Even in the day and age of total iPhone hijacking autocorrect, I still think it's really important. I'm so and glad I try. <laughs> our job is about details. So and I'm I sorry, know. if you can't spell your letters right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then that doesn't mm -hmm. bode well for 
the attention to detail. And I will still read things four times and send something with an autocorrect. Linda, so I guarantee right now, oh. Linda Kearns is about to text me saying, Mandy, take some lessons <laughs> from Jen. You said something too quick. No, no, it's good. Um, it's good. <laughs> so I did. I wrote this cover letter about how, basically fessing up. I've never designed anything before that is of this scale. Yeah. This is what I've worked on. This is how I think it's going to translate. Mm. And, you know, these are the budgets. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not the designer, but this is what I help do. Right. These are things that are my responsibility. And, you know, as a first-time designer, you're going to get a thousand percent from me. Isn't and that I'll true? Uh-huh. And so it really, it wasn't like a, I think your character should wear this, this, and this. No. Um, and it wasn't a, I'm going to blow your socks off because I am amazing. It was a, this is what I've done. This is how it's applicable. And this is and what I can bring. Yeah, if you give me this yeah. shot, I will give yeah. you my all. Um, and then when I got the job, I about lost my mind and I hired people who were so much more experienced than I was Smart. to help help me get Smart. through it because I didn't know everything and I and I wanted to be able to ask questions of my crew uh, who ha I had around me so I wouldn't I wouldn't fall down. Wow, uh, that's it's so. Uh... It's so interesting within that letter, you start to discover that your vulnerability is your strength in, right? In, and honesty. Yeah, <laughs> and honesty. you should just actually be honest. I think, and I recommend that to people trying to get in the business. I'm not saying it always has to be a letter, but I recommend, I had one PA came in and said to me once, well, I have a jewelry line and I've designed this small film and, you know, I'm glad that's your journey and you, you could succeed and kick ass, but one of the things that I really look for is here's who I am. Here's what I may, I haven't done. Here's my education. Here's what I think I can bring to you. And, you know, even though your letters are on different degrees, one for design, one for a PA, I gravitated to that authenticness. And it sounds like oh, that's what 100%, you gave. A hundred percent. So yeah. And, and the cover letter that set off your career. <laughs> I'm yeah, serious. Apparently. <laughs> apparently that's, that's what happens. Yeah. And then out of girls, I, you know, got an agent and, um, got connected with Orange is the New Black through my agent and through Genji and her team seeing my work on girls. And yeah, it sort of, it snowballed in a big way, in a great snowballed way. Snowballed in the best way. Well, on to my next question, because me being a fan of all your work, I'm like, what exactly am I going to ask? Because I want to ask every detailed <laughs> question. But where we're at in the moment that we're at in history, and I never, I always say, I never look at my notes, but I really want to get this, this right about Orange is a New Black. Uh, Laura Prepon's one of my friends, and I think when Orange is a New Black started, she's like, can you stop texting me about how sexy I am? I'm like, but oh my God, you are so <laughs> sexy. So my connection, you know, started off with, her and then realizing that you were the designer and what you could bring to a show that's full of uniforms. And one of the things about Orange is the New Black, it was so groundbreaking with the issues that they dealt with. So many important topics that were, that had to be expressed through the wardrobe and the flashbacks. The flashbacks, yes, they have their GL uniforms and yes, the tailoring and different body tops, types and the tones and, but the flashbacks to me, you nailed them. And I am always telling people, and right now in our day and age of discussion about different races, designing different race uh, character television, you had transgenders, uh, homosexuals, uh, Hispanics, black, 
conservatives, every different type of person. To me, your research seemed to be the key reason why you nailed it. My question is, through your research on such a diverse show, did it come with connecting with the actors, discussions with the actors themselves, because they are the race that they play, right. or did it become, what was the combination of the research that oh. went into these flashbacks because you nailed them? That's, thank you, thank you. That's yes, actually you a huge compliment because it was something that I was very worried about, mm -hmm. um, especially being, I'm a white woman. I'm right. a white woman working on a show uh, that is at its core diverse. Right. And so I really did trust and look to my actors for their personal experiences. And there were, there were instances, especially with our, with our um, Latinx ladies, that they weren't necessarily playing exactly the race or culture of their character. Right. Um, there was some crossover, but um, a lot of it was uh, a lot. There was a lot of photo research, a lot of digging of into two character type, for example, I yeah, never yeah. used the JCPenney catalog to do research for characters that would never have shopped at JCPenney. It just didn't make sense. Great. That's, not Great how, point. that's not how it would have worked. And so, you know, when we were doing some of our, our um, I think of the Miss Rosa, the Miss Rosa flashback specifically, which was sort of Bronx um, robbery caper story in addition mm -hmm. to heartbreaking tragedy, um, we would go into, you know, Bronx photography of the era um i'm so into you I, i'm literally covered with chills because your moments on that show you were uh, in it incredible they in were it. incredible and one of the reasons is that i really wanted to be a part of that show yeah. uh, is one i love the book i think piper really was able to convey character in of the real people that she was really in jail with, with during that time there and i think it was really eye-opening and really important and i also love genji's work and the giving giving voice to that story on a large scale was yeah. a really incredible thing to be a part of and then just our cast too was uh, the depth of talent in that cast blew my mind every oh, day just every, every day and the weird thing about that show is yeah. that with most of my cast members on girls on katie um on russian doll i see them every day mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. would be weeks that I wouldn't see certain cast members because it wasn't their flashback episode. That's right, their story. Or yeah. a different storyline was, a, a, a different set of storylines was taking yeah. precedence or it was season five and everyone was in uniform. Right. And by, by the time, I was very, very involved in the day-to-day -day uniform stuff in the first two seasons. And then once we really established the rules of our facility and the, what the tailoring level was, then I would yeah. step back. I, I was going to ask the separation because you had out. to dig into so much research and interviews. Right. Did you look at a, did right. you look at a lot uh, interviews online? Obviously, but I mean, some and yeah. there is some. It's weird because the the pivotal flashbacks of the show when we yeah. first started out were very much in the late '90s and early 2000s. Yes, and there is a there's a void because that was right True. about the time when we all stopped taking actual pictures but True. hadn't yet started putting them all online. And so that particular time period is a little bit challenging. Um, True, I never to, thought about that. It was it's when weird. It was teachers were happening and then the camera phone happened later. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so the early 2000s, you can start to find stuff online for, but the late 90s, 2000, mm -hmm. 2001, which is when Piper's flashbacks first started happening, 
were a little bit more difficult because the photography wasn't as readily available as say, I don't know, 2005. We all have right. pictures from 2005 that we posted on Facebook, but 2001 is a little bit more challenging. And I, I wanted to really get that right. We had huge airport scenes. Yeah. Um, but the wonderful thing about New York background is that yeah. they still have stuff from the late 90s and early 2000s. So that you dealt with the legitness of the people that had it. Wow. We, did. we asked all of those airport travelers in our very first episode to bring in whatever they thought that would, might be appropriate. And I mean, we had stuff as well. We had racks and racks of stock, but we did not do prefits for that very first airport scene, right. which was shocking. I mean, it was season one. We didn't have the money to do prefits. God, that for... was season one. I'm sorry, but mm -hmm. nothing's better than the first two seasons on Orange, Ooh. like, stop it. It was so good. So good. Um, and then I really got involved again with the uniforms when we did our uh, last season's ICE Detention Center storyline. Okay. And okay. The, the research for that show yeah. for yeah. the facility was heartbreaking. The, we had tech advisors for the day-to-day, -day, the real nitty-gritty, you know, what yeah. would they have in their, in their shower kit? What would they be able to have oh, as, yeah, yeah. as uniforms? And, and, and Piper was actually really, really insightful on some of the things that, that inmates do to try to make their uniforms more personal, um, which we couldn't translate for television because of the prep time that was involved. Right. Um, but just, you know, doing the research and realizing that the incarceration of women skyrocketed in the 80s for ridiculous reasons wow. was heartbreaking and then to come and do the yeah. research for ice and getting actual news photos wow. of what was going on while we were getting that storyline prepped there were a couple of days where i was like i'm gonna have to leave work i'm gonna well, have to leave work because i'm about to vomit and yeah. it's yeah. so upsetting to watch and we tried to do and i don't think we were able to do anything directly but we tried to donate what we could right um during series oh. wrap yeah. Um, and also, you know, Genji has, ha, Genji and Piper and a, and a number of the cast members, I, I believe it's Genji's foundation, the, um, the Pusey Washington Foundation. Well, that was, was one of my, as part uh, of the show. And, you know, there's been a lot of initiatives that have come out of the show that I think have been really impactful. Yeah. And just this week, the, the cast got together to do yes. uh, an online seminar, which I think was really incredible. I saw that. Um, yeah, that was cool. But, you know, that show put these storylines out in the forefront. And with Pusey, and, with Pusey's that episode, Pusey's death, I, I mean, it was, it was like you said, sometimes you had to get that or you had was, to walk away. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the tough thing about the show is that a lot of the storylines were, were very similar to things yeah. that are really happening. Happening. And right. you know, doing the research can be a little a little difficult when it's not a deep time period. And even then it can be very difficult because you're, you know, looking at Jamel Shabazz photos from the Bronx in the eighties and yeah. just you know, how we we haven't changed that much. And I'm that's that's the really um, happy that that show brought a lot of these issues to the forefront through character and through storytelling. And I think it really is a compliment to Genji and Tara and the whole writer's room and really illustrates the power of storytelling to well, bring I think awareness, this is even a show to humanize. That yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Uh, that's, yeah, that yeah. was it. No, it's, I think when you, when you watch a show like Orchard's New Black and everything is wonderful in life and all of a sudden shit gets real in life, like it's happening right now and you think back to shows, not to get all serious on this interview, but it's, it's, it's a serious time where you look back and go, wow, what happened to Pusey when he was on her, oh my God. So yeah. to speak to the script 
the wardrobe, the sincerity, the authenticity is just in a whole important for even people to watch now, people to revisit, to people really to connect with, wow, that did affect me when I was watching it, when I thought the world was great and everything was fine. And I, you know, your projects are really that deep. And Orange is New Black, if you guys haven't seen it, it's just not prison uniforms. There are stories, there's relationships. I, I think I fell in love with all the cast members. Um, <laughs> the, the characters feel real. And I think that, that it was the one of the most special things about that show and getting to be a part of it. And I did spend the first at least three seasons explaining that, yes, the show had a costume designer and that I had an entire department of 45 people helping me get people dressed every day and that background actors do not show up with their own prison uniform and prison socks and prison shoes. And, and yes, well, that is a compliment. It sounds like to be able to have to explain that over and over, but absolutely to see something like I always say in Blue Valentine with Aaron, I just interviewed, it looked like that's how Michelle Williams dressed. It looked like that's and how that's Ryan got a Gossett. huge compliment. For right? you to not Isn't notice it? my work is a huge right. compliment. I mean, yes, I love that you do notice it, but especially in shows like Girls and Orange is the New Black where they're not clothes, they're not clothing driven. No. But the clothes help tell the story. Okay, well, I could talk to you forever. We only have friggin' 15 minutes left. So I'm gonna what? do something just to spice it up. So, spicing it up, I mean, that's word. So we're going to get, don't worry, I have a question about Katie King. Everybody, don't worry. Okay. I okay. wanna do, I, oh, and Russian doll. Shit, I have that too. I'll talk fast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, real quick, we're gonna do Mandy's Minutes, which is a fun little light up, you know, upbeat up moment, which is just this. Perfect time for it. Okay, so I've got four questions. Here we go. And they're the same questions because I love everyone's different answers. Okay, good. So I want to lose, so I'm a little prepared. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. This is great. Uh, if you were a fly on the wall on any TV show, on any feature, to be able to be on the shoulder of a costume designer to watch their work, what show would it be? Or movie. Oh, I'm going to twist this, and I'm going to go with the designer, I think. Yeah. I had a toss-up, but the person who's coming to mind right now is Edith Head. Um, just because, I mean, obviously she's a legend, the woman right. won seven, eight Oscars. Um, Holy but she crap. also worked with some of the most difficult directors. Oh, um, God. yeah, that know. speaks a lot. Yeah. Totally. And I'm very intrigued by her psychology. I know her survival, she, her, uh, her, her survival. survival and yeah. <laughs> she has been quoted as she would only ever wear black and fittings so as to never upstage her star. And I thought oh. that that was very interesting and telling. And meanwhile, she was also running an empire and a costume world so okay yeah i think i like that I answer that's what i want to shadow I said, that's a good one i like that answer um by the way this is what i love about costume designers is each costume designers i've asked a question to we switch up the question we're like i'm gonna answer but i'm gonna answer it yeah. like, no that's my favorite <laughs> Aaron did tell the you same. my story <laughs> no Aaron did the same thing i said what trend would you never like to see again she goes what about a trend i would like to see again i'm like okay so, <laughs> Okay, sure. <laughs> um, speaking of, if you can think of one trend that maybe you lived through or that just really kind of like gave you like a, a sick feeling like you don't ever want to see again, what trend would that be? Or maybe you're just over it. Yeah, I'm not really so much of a trend follower. It takes me at least four seasons of something before I finally buy the item. Like You're like, oh, yeah. Three years to buy a pair of Birkenstocks. And I'm like, why, why did that take me so long? Right. Um, I think I'm going to second what Lou said with the low-rise jeans thing. <sighs> low-rise boot-cut jeans, I, I get it. I get that they have a place in people's wardrobe, but I, I, I prefer <laughs> Paris Hilton can have them. Paris Hilton can keep yeah. them. She can I mean, have them. Just not for me. And I, I don't mind boot-cut. I 
there is a place for those. It's just the combination of low-rise flare thing. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. No, like for Lady me, Gaga in A Star is Born, she killed the boot cut. But oh, my God. Don't need the low-rise. Okay. Me. Um, if This one's kind of fun because I'm obsessed with that movie Opportunity Knocks with Jennifer O'Connell. Jennifer <laughs> Connelly. If you had to be trapped, and plus we haven't been able to be in a retail store for so long, if you had to be trapped right. in a retail store, open or closed for 24 hours, what store would it be? And you got to do anything. You got to play around with anything you wanted. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, I got a heads up on this one, so I've been thinking about this. And I think for ambiance, I'd have to say ABC Carpet and a Home. Though I don't actually like going to that store. Um, <laughs> it's, it's this amazing home store in New York that also sells clothes and jewelry and cosmetics oh. and has ABC Kitchen attached to it. I literally cannot tell you the last time I was there because it's always so busy that yeah, I just yeah. can't deal. Um, yeah, but if nobody was there, that'd the, be great. The second runner-up would be Century 21 Department Store because that place Where is that, is New York? It's New York. Yep, okay. it's downtown. It's a treasure hunt. It is not for ambiance. Do not go for ambiance because it, it will leave you depressed. You go for the gems. But, go for the gems. Yeah. 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 The dress that I wore to the CDGs this year was a Rochasse from a rando rack in the back corner it's of Century so, 21. So you and Lou always come up with shit that I'm like, where did you get that? I mean- it's Century 21 department stores. Yeah. It's a real, I, I mean, it's an amazing chain. It, it's, you know, that field brought them to light in Sex and City. 20 years ago. They're, they're a real New York institution. Love it. I got to get to New York. Uh, by the way, you have somebody, <laughs> so, by the way, you have somebody telling you that you have the body for low rise jeans. Okay, cool. Oh, <laughs> <thank you. laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Last, uh, last question on Mandy's minutes. Yes. I'm obsessed with Katie's wardrobe. Yes. I'm obsessed with Johnny's. Well, just, that's, you know, uh, Ginger's Everything. wardrobe, but I have fallen in love with Pepper's Looks, if you had to be dressed in one of Pepper's looks for the rest of your life, I hope you say the outfit that I'm obsessed with. Do you have an idea? Ooh. You know what? I would actually go for that Carolina Herrera tent. If I had to pick one for the rest of my life, that Oh, was that the ones at the later episodes, the right? She gets arrested. She gets arrested okay. in it. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Quite, but I mean, there's so many that that's really, that's a hard, hard pick. It is. And I, I, by the way, everybody, I totally switched this question up on Jen because I had asked which one of Katie's outfits you would be in. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. But Peppers, are, they're just, it's, yes, which they're is like, she, they're just, they're on a professional level <laughs> and eccentric. Like, how the fuck did you put, or how the hell did you I put mean, this? With, forget it. You were it. texting me, you got to bring your girls game and go buy a thousand. And that's what I did. And that's it. Go buy, it. I love it. Okay. So shit, we've only have 10 minutes left. Okay. So um, let me get to, uh, this is one of my questions from, and I just started asking personal questions just because of the shit that I want to know. Uh, okay. Russian doll. First of all, congratulations on your Emmy. Now Thank you. people out there don't realize, or maybe they do. She won an Emmy on 90% of the cast was dressed in one outfit. You're just like, well, I don't understand how that, yeah. that goes to show how important each of those outfits were because they lived on camera. So yes, Natasha Leone's outfits and her coats were genius. The outfit that I questioned and was like, how the hell did she get to that? But I love it was Maxine's. What does she always say? Sweet birthday baby. Yes. Yes. In a fitting get to the chain over the sheer top. I don't even understand that fitting, but it oh. came out great. 
girl, you got to back it up. I was standing in an H&M looking at the sale rack and I was like, I, I'm, I'm out of options here. Look at these weird 60s leggings that have stirrups on them. That seems like a good place to start. That entire <laughs> outfit was off the clearance rack at H&M. No I joke. had a feeling. No, I had a feeling it was super random. Yes. Okay. It was super random. Yeah. Um, and it all started from a place of character. You'll hear me say that a million times. You'll be yeah. so bored yeah. of hearing me say that. But it really was. like She has zero respect for the rules. She's, showing, she's throwing a party conceivably for someone else and yeah. yet is the star of the party. So of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's the only one who breaks the color palette rule in the whole cast where there was no green, no blue, and she's in seafoam. So she's like breaking the rule, but skirting the rule, but kind of, and she's over the top and kind of masking some insecurity. Yeah. And so it was sort of all of those things. And we did it the entire, and I knew Greta from Girls. So I had a real advantage going in because Got it. I knew um, we did some random stuff with her a character. And she can pull it off. For fun. And okay. she can pull it off. And she also, Got it. she also gets it. She gets in there and she's like, you have a weird rack of stuff that's all layered <laughs> at least four pieces deep for every outfit. Like nothing was a, here's a dress, put it on. Everything was like a, here's a pant, here's a dress, here's a sleeve, here's a belt, here's a thing. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I get this. I love Where it. some people get really worried when they're like, but why, it's a party. Why am I not just wearing my little black dress? They totally do. valid. Yeah, absolutely. But, but Greta was like, bring it on. Um, and so we did our first fitting. And the thing that I love about Natasha is that she's a visual person. Yeah. And yeah. I sent her the photos and she was like, I don't, I don't quite know if it's here. And yeah. in my first round of fitting photos, I don't usually do accessories yeah. because it is such a lengthy process that I, I prefer to know what look I'm accessorizing rather than accessorize oh. every single fitting look. I, by the way, my assistants that are watching, they're like, Mandy, can you take a lesson from Jen? Because I do accessories it depends on the show. forever. Yeah. Pepper's fitting was accessorized earrings to shoes. It made you know, for it, her it, it depends on the show. made her look. It really did. And yeah, we did two fittings for Maxine. That look didn't land the first time. I was so wondering the if the fitting. outer was ever under uh, the chain. No, it wasn't. The I was chain was that. added in our second fitting God. where Natasha came. She looked at all the photos. Yeah. She was like, I don't know. I don't know. Can I come look at the rack? Right. So she, it was the only fitting that she came in and she looked at the rack and she's like, I think I get it. I think I get it on the rack. Yeah. But can I see another round? I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Totally. And so we sort of, we pushed it a little bit of a different direction, a little bit more fashion-y. Um, and we sent, when I sent up those photos, Tosh was like, you know, I actually think the first one worked better. I think oh. that our first two choices in the first one looked better. Could I see that, yeah. but with some stuff? And that's when the body Shit. chain came in. That's the body terrible. chain, the all those necklaces I pulled out of my kit, because I was like, Shit, what do I do? Oh, I bet your crew <laughs> so, loved that. You have to have it the whole show. And you're like, hey, we have one necklace. Just good job. Yep, yeah. Yep. And we <laughs> did that fitting uh, in her camper for for on location. So, you know, it's process. And it really and is. It really is about the communication. And, and um, you know, Tasha is so visual. So she's really able to be like, yes, no. Um, but sometimes there needs to be more options to go back to the first choice. And that's just that's part of the process. And it is what it is. And but, you yeah, bring that's it. Came from. Yeah. No, and you I love bring it. And you, I love the discussion between a person that you are working with that you really respect because you're like, wow, you know what? It does need a little more. You know, it's sometimes yeah. you get in it and then you hear someone else and you're like, yeah, you know what? Let's go back. Let's go back. Or it needs to be pushed somewhere else to really get to character. Oh, I so, love those. Yeah. I love those gifts when it comes from someone you're just like, wow, you're right. Let's do that. I, I just love yeah. when it comes out like that. Okay. We literally have four minutes left. People will kill me <laughs> if I don't ask about... Katie King, 
Okay. Katie King, number one, I, I called it, I've got to get this right because I called it something really funny. Oh, I called it, it, it is like if I had to have a wallpaper, if I had to have a backdrop, <laughs> I would like it to be Katie King because I never thought, and however this sounds, I do not care, I never thought anybody could make Lucy Hale look better than she did on Pretty Little Liars and you did it. And what? I hated you for it and loved you for it at the same time. I'm like, how dare you make her look that amazing? So the Katie King costumes bow down to, but there's one costume Thank before you. we go. I've got to ask about the, how would I even title it? The, the Ginger Lopez taxi cab yellow. If we get cut off, I don't care. I'm going to bring you back. I want to okay. know how Johnny's, which by the way, Johnny bow down, uh, like, and happy birthday, Lucy. She told me to tell you. Um, yes. She told me to tell you hello. She's on a plane, and that's why she can't join us. But she oh says hello. Oh and Julia, God. Julia, love you. But anyways, back to the uh, outfit. Hi, How guys. did that happen? Um, that was, <laughs> I didn't do the pilot of the show. I joined okay. after the pilot had been shot. And so right. that was my first ginger costume. And, you know, I looked at the clothes, and the ginger clothes in the pilot. And was like, That was your first oh. one? That was my first ginger costume. Yeah, they they set the bar high, really high. Um, and when I first got the script, it was the only one that we had some time to prep. And I knew that Michael and Roberta wanted to t to draw an inspiration from the Katie Keene comics. I mean, it's a, it, as Michael has said, it's basically a drag bible. Like there are dresses that are. <laughs> it's like if you want to know her mermaids. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, just one and, second, real quick. If we do get cut off, I just want to tell everybody. Yep. Join right back and we'll finish this question and we'll finish the yeah, donation. Perfect. Okay, go for it. Perfect. Okay. Um, I knew the song was going to be about Ginger leaving New York okay. because that's where the episode ends. Mm. And there was a, a placeholder song that didn't clear so we couldn't use it. And so um, I think it ended up being the Gaga song, A Million Reasons. Okay. I, I don't yeah. remember it right and now. And so it was a yeah. combination of the theme of the song, the theme of the scene, and an actual Katie Keene dress. It was a minor one. Um, that People I love that though. People love when you pull from the comics. I mean, they we love We pulled deep, I pulled deep. Yeah. It's like a yellow yeah. dress that's up in the corner of a comic on a very deep page in the back of one of the earlier yeah. um, issues. And we did that a lot. We, we really dug for every single design that I pitched to Michael and Roberto. That's there cool. was the Katie Keene reference, the fashion reference, and the drawing. And so that yellow taxi dress, I was like, well, how do you leave New York? You take a taxi to the airport. In a cab. There's songs and about it. Yeah, right. In a cab. Yeah. yeah. Even the... Yep. <sighs> and I was like, if you're going to leave New York, you got to have something iconic. So we did a riff on the Statue of Liberty. We did, I did the taxi. We tried <laughs> to do so an good. I Love New York, but it turns out that that, Milton, that amazing yeah. Milton Glaser logo is very protected as well oh, it should be. It. So we couldn't quite spin it the way that we wanted to do the I Love New York t-shirt riff and then I think there was one more and well um, I mean working with Johnny too it's marvelous right like and it's amazing and it, it's been such a wonderful eye-opener on musical performance performance mm -hmm, drag yeah. you know uh, Johnny doesn't have a drag persona yet he might now right, right. um but he's familiar with the world and so right. is, is an amazing resource and um it's really taxing Drag costumes are really taxing. Oh, I couldn't on imagine. The performer on the body, they're hot. 
They're so hot. I mean, They're even so me so getting layers. ready for these lives, I feel like I'm going to Okay, <laughs> right? we've got 10 seconds. So I'm going to shut down real quick. And I just want to bring you back for one more thing. So everybody, got it. join back in. Give me a minute to post and we'll come right back. Hi. Okay. Sorry, I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> we ran out of time. No, the thing, it happened in my first interviews and I realized it tends to happen when I watch my designers work. Like I know my <laughs> designers work granted, but when I actually watch it, I'm like, what about that time with that one sub earring that, what did that mean? You know, that's where I'm at. I just yeah. wanna let you know before I get to one of my last questions is, we have already raised, when it went down, we raised $300 in 49 minutes. So this is gonna be our last like seven minutes with Jen. We were up to 175 viewers. So when I close it, it shows that the viewers were up to the donations that were made. So thank you guys for coming back and thank you for donating. I mean, by the time my show ends, which I ha think I have about six or seven designers left, if I could get to $5,000, that would be so dope. You know, that would be so cool to Amazing. be able to donate. Um, okay, so that outfit. So, okay, so your inspiration. Now, was that fabric, that yellow, was it sequined? Yeah, so the jumpsuit itself is sequined. Okay. And um, it was never stored on a hanger. It was always stored in a bin because the sequins would grow. And the skirt is uh, Duchesse satin. Okay. And then... Uh, all of the trim was hand applied. It's square paillettes, for lack of a better word, square rhinestones. Right, right. Um, that were stitched on straps and belt, and then the skirt is breakaway, so that Johnny could take it off as part of the choreography and do the rest of the number in the jumpsuit. Um, How many tailors a lot did you of, have on the show? Uh, I started with. I started. I think it was Raven at the beginning. I'm sorry, Raven. Um, and very quickly, it became very clear that between the tailoring, the alterations load and the custom builds that we were going to yep. need more than that. Yep. And I think by the time that we got to the Meta Gala episode, we had, we had three full-time tailors. Yeah. And then we had a couple of, a couple more additional tailors that were in just to work on the Meta Gala stuff. Um, so I, all told, I think we had six or eight tailors on during the course of the show, but we had three full-time tailors once we really got up and running. You need, no, I, it was interesting because I think about some of my shows and Charmed was such a high stunt show. So it, we, we had oh, to yeah. literally designate our tailors. Okay, so you're doing the principles, you're doing the stunts, you're doing the yep. builds because we had builds, stunts, yep. and tailoring for each so, show. So I was thinking about your show going, Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. It's what crazy. And do? literal pant hams, we were like, we got to send them out. We got to send them out because we can't. That's a, yeah, we would have pant hams will kill you. Because uh -huh. it's that little thing that's so easy, but that will uh -huh. totally Take so much time. a huge build. Yeah. So. Did you um, have a, but, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Raven's uh, been with me since Orange is the New Black. So I'm really, really lucky to have her magic hands. She, and Ryan, I was introduced to on this job. He builds so much amazing stuff for Broadway. And Alice, too. Um, she came in to help us out a couple of days. And I was like, can we please keep her? Can we please keep her? When um, you find Alice, a good tailor, you're just uh, like, do not let them go. Yeah. Alice did a couple of the really intricate um, Guy LaMontagne stuff. That the, There were several things that were supposed to be props or, or oh. on forms that we yeah. ended up building because they were just fashion work. and they were an extension of the character yeah, yeah so that little the mini guy lamontine co collection that he shows to gloria right i designed and we built that whole thing in-house <laughs> um yeah 
Yeah, never no. to be worn by a human. There's not a lining in any single one of those dresses. Right, exactly. It would gorgeous never, you and would stunning <laughs> because of Alice and Ryan and Raven making <sighs> those drawings literally come to life. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to have had them with me. I find myself, if, it, if I'm off of work and say I have to send an alteration to like a dry cleaners, I find myself doing notes like, oh, just make it, you know, make it like, oh, it doesn't have to be yeah, wearable, no, I, but... <laughs> I can't send out a personal alteration without a, co a costume tag on it. Can't You're like, it. wait, this is so weird. And I didn't mean to say Hollywood hem. I meant hem. <laughs> like, I can't even speak normal yeah. language now. No. Or like, isn't it funny when I always tell like, because my brothers, I would help shop. And I would say, okay, I'll just do like a pull for you to the, a pull. You're, you're pulling. I thought we're going shopping. I'm, oh, no, we're, we're going shopping. <laughs> yeah. That's what we call pull. <laughs> um, I just. I'm so thankful I had you as a guest and you are such a prime example on how big and how real and how tough contemporary design can be. It's not something where we just go shopping. It is really getting behind the storytelling of these characters. Uh, I see a lot of contemporary design in your work. Is there any period that if you were asked right now, what period feature would you love to do? It was one of my, yeah, one of my interns had you asked know, that. Yeah, it's really tough for, because for me, it's, it, my access point isn't necessarily the period or the clothes, it's, it's, it's the story. characters and it's true, the story. True. Yeah. It just happens so, to be, yeah. I mean, even if it's some amazing belly puck, you know, corset thing, if it's not, if it's a not good story, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I've had some things where I'm like, well, this is basically a, a this is a Brooklyn high school, but man, the story is amazing. And I really want to do this, even though it's going to be a bunch of uniforms. It's going to be, yeah. you know, high school uniforms, but the story is really compelling and the story needs to be told. And so it's, a, it's more about the, the story. Than I love the that. I mean, yeah. And on Orange, I really, I got to do everything from the fifties to now. We had, we you had make me want to go back and watch Orange. It's, I, I have if to you look really closely, we did late fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, early 2000s, mid 2000s, and then, and then uh, now. Um, great Now being 2015. Yeah. So yeah, so I really yeah. did get to sort of experiment and play in a little you bit. You did, of yeah, that's um, true. Period is tough now because nobody wants to wear corsets and foundations. Nobody wants to wear their pants up around their belly button where you're supposed nope. to. Right, um, nope. And so th that's one of the reasons I, I respect period so much and I about lost my mind when I saw a photo of the cast of Emma eating french fries with their gloves on <laughs> like I had an actual meltdown out loud like, I can't I'm and gonna <laughs> everyone in the room was like what is wrong with you what's and wrong like, they're wearing custom-made gloves and eating french fries and they were like okay okay and I was like no you don't understand like mm -mm. someone's whole job was to get those gloves made and they're made of Totally beautiful leather. Yeah. And they yeah. have to go back to camera and the cast is sitting there holding French fries. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's stuff like that. So it's um, those things that we, I think that's why we are who we are because we actually hazards. love the costumes yeah. that much. I always tell actors, I would tell Shay Mitchell, she's like, I want to wear this corset. And I always say, remember, you are now wearing this for the next 12 days, 20 days, whatever. Do yeah. you want to really reconsider yeah. that? Because I ain't taking it's this off. <laughs> something Johnny and I, here you go. It's something Johnny and I talked about a lot with the teacher yeah. costumes. Yeah. Because the foundations for that are significant. And he was wearing a really tightly laced corset and dancing and singing. 
Right. And there were a couple of times where I was like, All right, do you, do we really want to do the corset for this? We yeah, don't need yeah. it for the shape. Yeah. I know you want to feel it and that's amazing. And we'll do that. But, but this is going to shoot over two full days and they're going to be 15 hour days. And, and you can't go in and out of a corset. Mm -mm. Once you're in the corset, you're in the in corset. It. So I remember um, going to I a think, club in a corset and like feeling oh, faint because I couldn't yeah. get enough air in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wore one I made out once, and that was the last time I ever did that. <laughs> That's it. I can't even wear Spanx anymore. I can't even do that. I'm too old. It's I take them off at midnight in the ladies' room. No, Janine Garofalo was so funny. We had a fitting with her on this show I did years ago called Greek, and we were getting her into the Spanx, and she said, oh, God, I got to have a cigarette. You know, she's like, you got to <laughs> smoke after you spank it up. But I'm like, spank it up. Okay, I love it. Let's have a cigarette. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. <laughs> what absolutely. we do for fashion and what you have done for our uh, our interview, for our influence, but just for the integrity of watching good shows with good people behind it, your choices have made such an influence for new designers. And I think people like myself too. It's like, really think about those projects. Yes, you may need to have to do some projects to get your foot in the door, you know, that shows your talent and maybe, you know, the words will get better one day. But I really, I told my agent, I said, I love my work. I love my past, but I want a message. And your messages have been so important that you've chosen on your show. So I am thankful I had you. Is there anything you Thank want you. to do? Yeah, no, I'm so, is there anything I always like to give an opportunity to tell the viewers or anything you want to leave us with? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, if you want to get in the business, try and be a PA and uh, there are, it's different systems in New York and LA. So depending on where you want to be based, definitely um, do some research and figure out what the differences are. But in New York, a lot of the PAs yeah. get their foot in the door by connecting with coordinators. And there is a, there's right. an email group called Viva La Coordinator. So oh, there is? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, by the way, we looks. have one of the pretty little liars just joined. Ashley Benson is here. So, oh okay, God, here we go. Okay, so um, anyways, there's a group. So wow. there is a way that you could connect because it's a weird industry. We're all freelance and oh, really? um, a lot of the times the designers don't hire the PAs and or the assistant designers yeah, do true. or the coordinators do. Um, and on Katie King, we started with almost all day playing PAs. Mm -hmm. And then as we, as we got further into the show and the show grew, a lot of those got converted into full-time PAs. And so That's if great. you can day play, That's the great. way to connect with coordinators and get your resume out there is through Last Looks in New York. It's an email group and Viva La Coordinator. So it at least gets you, it gets you a way to connect and get your resume in the door or find out who's hiring. Viva La um, Coordinator. I love yeah. that. And I don't, you know, sending, sending me your resume might not be the most direct route because um, yeah. I get a lot of them. And I, I yeah. have hired, I have hired people who've emailed me resumes. Totally or, you know, reached out that way. Um, but a little bit more direct connection is to connect with some of those email groups that are out there love that. for our business, for, for Reef. And I'm seeing, you know, I love being on Last Looks. Absolutely, Last Looks is a great way to connect with oh, not cool. just film and television, but also styling yeah. people who are looking for assistance. Um, and then awesome. if you can, you know, even if, if you're still in school, but you have one day a week where you can day play. I say that all the time, yep. That gets you experience. Totally. And you're probably gonna be packing returns yeah. or taking things back to the stores. But or cleaning dirt off the shoes from Western. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah, we hired so many of our day player PAs who are like, sure, yeah, whatever you need. What do yeah. you need? Great. Yeah. And um in New York, all of our PAs have to have a driver's license and a clean driving record. And um 
and sort of be willing to to hoof it. My my husband jokes that I, I'm a professional pack mule because oh, yeah. we just haul stuff around all day long. Oh, any um, anyone that I date, I always say I'm going to teach you the hook. Your arms going to yeah. go here. Your arms going to go here. You're going to hook your yep. thumbs. This is how it's done. And the guys yeah. always think. Oh, I got it. And I said, Oh, I can carry so much. You have so no idea. More. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and you know, if you're in fashion school or film television school, hit up your professors, ask them who Ooh, they know. Smart. smart. You know, I get invited to go speak at SCAD all the time. Smart. Thank you, SCAD, because yeah. I love being yeah. the best of yours. Um, and you know, their professors keep in touch with us. And so you can ask your professors, Hey, I think I want to be here. I think this is what I want to do. Do you know anybody in that field? And if nothing right. else, you can get an inter informational interview or you can get a shadow day. If you can shadow, um, I'm sorry to say that I have, all of my shadows have not joined the business. <laughs> so yeah. well, that's, that's one thing that you um, always talk to is, you know, when you're a PA, you will know after a couple weeks in the business, like this one is job. not for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and if, you know, if you can shadow, get the full experience. I ask my shadows to show up at set call, which yeah. means it's probably going to be 530 in the morning. Yep. And if they ask me how to get directions to set, I'm like, mm -mm. my crew doesn't ask me for directions to set. And I'm horribly embarrassed when I ask my wardrobe supervisor for directions to where the truck is because that information is out there and it's actually part of our jobs as crew God, members so to bad. know where we're going, yeah. and know how to yeah. get to work. So um, it seems like I'm being really brutal, but it, that's part of the experience. And if you're able to get that by you know, shadowing someone while you're still in school, or even if you've got a week off, Smart. don't spend, you know, don't spend spring break on the beach. If you, if you really want to get into costume design, don't get me wrong. I definitely spent a spring break on the beach. But, but we've totally got, cool. no, uh -huh. but you know, my, my roommate in college, she's like, I'm going to go be a PA for a marketing department that shoots commercials and just see what it's like. She's like, she, done, she ended up returning dishes to Macy's like every day, but she's like, you know what? And now I know that that's not what I want to do. <laughs> I know. I know. That's not what, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Knowing what you don't want to do is just as important as saying, I want to be in the costume department. And, you know, one yep. of my PAs this year hit me up and she's like, hey, you know, I really love working in your department, but I mm. think I want to be a writer. Do you mm. have any connections mm. in that world? And I was like, you know what? I don't, but yeah. the producer's yeah. assistant might have somebody that, and so, you know, in once that, you, in that yeah, you, you yeah. got to ask, yeah. put yourself out there and ask the question. I love that you said that. I, I'll never forget. I was at Warner Brothers and I was having lunch with a longtime assistant and a PA. And they were talking about hiatus. And at that point, I don't even think I took a hiatus till like we got forced to this time around. And at that point, I had been doing smaller features in between my television shows just because, I don't know, I love it, whatever, yeah. it just happens. And she, and she asked me, she said, oh my God, where, and this is her first PA job ever. She said, oh my God, where am I gonna go for hiatus? Like, I totally need a break. And I just, where should I? And then my assistant went like this, and she looked at her and I looked at her and I said, see all these offices? You have Lynn Palo right there. You've got yeah. Mark Bridges <laughs> right there. I suggest because there's other people bringing cookies to them, literally cookies and letters. <laughs> and nice. I said, what do you want to do in this business? Well, I want to be a designer. And I said, I promise you with your hiatus, you need to be getting out there and working. So you need to go and drop off to their supervisor. So yes, that was, you know, everyone's going to take their own route. But my suggestion yeah, was absolutely that their hiatus. And there's no wrong path. But of course. And, and, that, and more and more now I understand the value of hiatus. A little I, bit of a reset and some rest. Totally, totally. Um, but I didn't take advantage of them until 
You were somewhere maybe in your career. After girls, after Orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. after I me felt too. like I was in a place where I was like, okay, I can take a hiatus and it's not going to knock me off the radar. Like I didn't take hiatuses okay. because I wanted to keep, I wanted to keep that network rolling and I wanted to keep the connections rolling and I wanted to get on as many projects and get to know as many designers as possible. Because the interesting the thing, same thing. She said, stay relevant. Yep. yep. Well, and it's also that the more designers you work for, the yep. more systems you learn and the better you are as a designer. And I find the same thing of my set teams. Like when I was going to Tokyo with girls by myself, I was yeah. in the de department of one, which is an amazing option. I went to all of my set customers. I was like, okay, what do I need to know? I, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, having that kind of being able to, to have those conversations and have people that you can ask questions to, or having that network is the, the broader it gets, the more projects that you work on. And so you get to know the different systems. And, and that was the amazing thing about talking to my set customers is that one of my set customers was like, well, I like to do it this way for these reasons. And another set customer was like, well, I keep these things in my kit uh, for these reasons. Right? Yeah. And on this show, I need these products. But when I go back to Orange, I'll flip it out and do a whole reorganization for different products. And you don't get to learn that unless you go and work with different departments, different designers, yeah. different yeah. assistants, different supervisors, and then you can make the best system for yourself. And, you and know, then the tour the system that you can choose to yeah. pass on or not. And yep, I, I absolutely. I found and one of the best things. Over. Yeah, I'll go. Don't yeah, go. and one of the best things I learned from Dan Lawson was to color code everything. And, oh, you know, so no, that you, you literally everywhere. took the words out of my mouth. So when I went, to <laughs> seriously. So when I went to Vancouver, they've got this American loud shave head tattooed costume designer, and they're just like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on with this. But I have a color system. I have pink is my notes, yellow is my aging, uh, red is my alterations, and my goal <laughs> is I tell them. And again, every system's different, but I tell them my goal is to not have any colored tags on the change. That means it goes to the trailer. And I had originally, I had pushback. I don't want to do this. This is not my way. This is not my way. Those same assistants call me and say, I miss my tags because <laughs> the person, yep. when the assistant is bringing, the truck girl always calls me and says, well, I don't know what's left to complete the outfit because the tag doesn't say the things they're left to complete. I miss it. I know. I'm going to have a stress dream about that tonight. Totally. I <laughs> literally not How do you hand? I mean, and, and again, this is not bagging on anyone else's system. It's a way that you coordinate. And I love when a set person's like, hey, when you send me something, something like this, I like it if we can just put it in the baggie and done. Yep. Done. Yep. I'm listening Absolutely. to you to make this seamless. That's our goal is to make it, when it leaves my room, I want it to be so set up for that truck girl that I don't even hear from them. Like, I love well, that. I was trained under, you know, Gail and Barbara, the most mm -hmm. amazing supervisors, that you can't walk away from, a pro from whatever you're doing, right. whether it's restocking shoes or writing up alterations or writing up dry cleaning. You cannot just walk away from it. You have to leave notes so that Thank if you. you don't come back to it, someone else can pick it up and finish it. And I know that that's not rocket science. That's not revolutionary. Um, but when you're going 100 miles an hour and, and everyone's you calling keep you for it all here. 15 different things yeah. and you just walk away from a project, it means that the shop devolves, it just devolves into complete chaos because someone else can't walk back in and pick up where I left off. Okay. And, and that's where the system comes into play, that everything has a tag on it everything and I, I do a similar thing where everything is color-coded yeah we do pink for alterations green right. for aging dying oh i love and it we should we should compare we, our keys <laughs> and then we have what we call the designer tag on a bag and where 
you know, and this evolved from show to show, but on Katie, yeah. there were so many clothes flying around every day, all day that we would end up basically pre-writing up the costume inventory yeah. when we pulled the costume. Right. Because yeah, there were so many things yeah. that from head to toe were complete alterations, including yeah. sending the shoes out. Yeah. But there would be an empty bag hanging there. Me and too. I, I sent empty to bag. Totally empty bag. Yep. <laughs> I would walk up to the show line and I, at, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. You've been there since 4 a.m. And I would look at an empty bag and my brain would short circuit because oh my God, where are the clothes? This but it's on that tag. Tomorrow. But yeah, but there was a complete inventory. And we're like, okay, so if I trace this back, I love it. the cobbler, yep. the, the, all of this is in alterations. This is out for beating. This is out. And so we, we really came to rely on that system. And then I actually had a, I, I did what I called pulled the show. I pulled it on paper this time around. I didn't actually physically pull the clothes because I, I couldn't, I couldn't get to the rack. So yeah, because I, sometimes you reuse pieces too and you can't get, you have to. Uh, a little bit of that, but it was yeah. about time. And uh, so if I it. wasn't constantly pushing forward into the yeah. new episode, yeah. then we wouldn't, we wouldn't actually have the episode designed. And so I would do what I call pulled the show on paper yeah. where yeah. I would take for every scene, every character, put the yeah. fitting photo into an array so that Michael and our director and our writer could see scene by scene, every single costume, a photo, yeah. a fitting photo, yeah. not hair and makeup ready, not accessorized, but a photo nope. of every single um, option and then a little box with whatever else was to come. Right. And then um, my amazing ACV would actually go back through and, and slot the clothes in. And then we would circle back together and do all the notes and accessories and all the bits and bobs just because that show was so big. I just, I love hearing this from it, you. It was crazy. I love, I love hearing this from you because that attention to detail is, is what has become so important to me. So when you say pull from paper, I'll do my best to get like the shoe inventory, this inventory, this inventory. So if I can't go to set, picture, okay, these shoes yeah. with this. So I, right? Well, Put together as much I ended as you up can. putting, uh, I shared a Dropbox folder with my entire crew. Assistants, coordinator, onset crew, Taylor, everyone had access to the Dropbox folder so that they could see they could all the yeah. research. Yeah. Yeah. But they could look up the outfit. They could literally look at the PDF of the episode to make sure that it was the right change or the right shoe or the right belt or the right whatever. Yep. Uh, yep. Just because they couldn't always, and this is the first time this has ever happened to me, they couldn't always get me by text because there were so many times I was on set and I couldn't answer or I was no. in a fitting and I couldn't answer. Yeah. And that's very rare. Usually, usually I can Yeah, but fashion shows, almost there's so much stuff. Yeah. There's so it's, much stuff. When there's a different shoe for every, every single look. No, I get it. For every I single look. get it. it it's volume. No, it is. Yeah. So, you know, I love we, that you're we saying. adapt the system every yeah. single time. And in this case, it was, you know, information is power. And so if my set team could have the fitting photo, which, and I'm very protective of my fitting photos. I've been burned a couple of times by sharing fitting photos, which is so not helpful, especially on a show like Katie Keene. So yeah. I actually got to the point where I would send the, the PDF of the entire episode to the hair makeup team as well, because they were just incredible. And right. there were so many things that they couldn't do without the fitting photos. And you, it was, with those, you know, yeah. Yeah, with everything. And so, you know, I had to get over myself because it's not about me. No, and, I, I love, uh, I learned that on, uh, a girl had commented on one of our posts and she's a hair girl. One of the, I uh, connected with her more than anybody. And she said, this looks like our type of show where we actually talk to yeah. both departments. And that's such a, well, I, and I love that. I'm a big, uh, I'm a Ellen big just joined. I don't Ellen. know how else we 
float this boat that is production without talking to everyone. So right. I constantly talk to the production designer. So I'm not doing yeah. something stupid, like matching someone to their couch. Um, I'm constantly having a <laughs> yeah. separator. I think I've uh, done same, that same issue, you know, or, you know, bigger things like we're doing this drag pageant. What is the backdrop going to look like? And, and, oh, there's going to be stairs on the platform uh -huh. to dance on. So they can't be doing these shoes that we were going to go with originally. And she's going to crawl up on a table and kick a bottle across the room. Like, Stuff that you don't think about that looks really, really cool when it airs. That is an absolute nightmare from a costume standpoint. Oh, it really. When you watch it, I always I get distracted watching episodes like that where I'm like, yeah. oh God, you don't even know what's yeah. happening. <laughs> and it's never the blood oh. and guts. The blood and guts, I'm like, okay, got it. There's multiples. It's the like stomp up on a table, choreography, kick the bottle, don't hit any extras. <laughs> Oh, don't hit any extras because what's the line between a stunt and a dance and and so it was all of that stuff and so you know constantly talking to choreography constantly talking yep. to hair and makeup that's a given um constantly talking to the set decorators as well and you know jen was amazing because she was dressing an entire department store but then as soon as the actor puts it on then it becomes then it, wardrobe, that, and sometimes that, it was yeah. props yeah and our props department was incredible um because a lot of that sewing stuff was actually all the props team. And so we- I remember asking Lucy if she knew how to sew. I remember going, do you know how to sew? Right? One of my team work. ended up serving as a consultant for her for a couple of days. Yeah. Got it. Um, whether it was sewing or some of the draping stuff that Guy, yeah. Guy does on her. Yeah. I did I did the drape and the finished product and then walked Jay, our consultant, through how to get to there from here and what it- Because don't you have time to be doing that? You have all this extra time on that show. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's why I did the finished product. And I was like, okay, Jay, here's what it looks like. Make Bye. Sure. Can, you, can you get there? Can you get I'm there? out. <laughs> uh, and I will say that the amazing thing about Lucy and Luke and, I mean, they're really our two fashion design characters, is that they were fearless when it comes to doing something they'd never done before. Luke, I'm obsessed them. with Luke. Oh I'm my God, obsessed. obsessed. I'm obsessed. Um, and, and Lucy too. Like, you know, it wasn't a thing for her to pick up the needle and thread and, and sit at a sewing machine and do all these things that, that it, it looked natural. Yeah, I did, um, I did. You know, and there were a couple of times when I'd be like, hey, Luce, just so you know, it's rigged this way. If you need to slash into the dress, start at the center front and go big. Go totally, really totally, big. Totally. Because that that wedding dress apart, you know, stuff like that. But she didn't need me. She, she's got it. She's uh, an amazing actor. What a cast. And, what a cast. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, team. I really could talk about damn Katie King all day and our system. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm going to forward this interview to every single one of my costumers who are like, I don't know. Well, it was interesting because I had a supervisor and I had come from Atlanta and they love the bag system. They love these plastic, the hanging, oh, they love yeah, the that's bag. It's also a New York thing. That's a it New York is. thing. Oh, it, it drives is. you bonkers when there's not a garment bag. Okay, so what I did- I know you guys hate it. LA no, hates it. Well, you guys always have sunny weather. What's the deal? I learned in Vancouver. So when I came to Vancouver, I took that Atlanta bag system, which all my LA crew hated. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. going to use this in Vancouver. And finally, I had a supervisor come up to me and she said, we can afford this bag system. Like, we can't do it anymore, Mandy. So- she got me on this paper hanger system and not to talk about systems, but point is, is you know when it's right to listen to your crew members to alter your system, you know, yeah. Yeah, to, to make it work for that project. And now because of that supervisor, I'm using this system and now my assistants are using that system. So I, I just <laughs> love the, you get to a point where you're like, let your LA system go, you know, it's, and you start to learn.
Yeah, all yeah, people, and figure which... out what works for this project too. Absolutely, it is Absolutely. for what works for that project. I love the fact that the bag system probably came from the weather. You're like LA people. Well, I, it, that's not yes. It's probably that, but it's yeah. also that it's a way that things don't get lost. It's, and that's right. Yeah, here we put the shoes in the bottom of the bag, so there's not a separate shoe bag. Like the shoes can't jump out of a garment bag by themselves. I where see that all just the time. Hung around a hanger, they can travel. So the shoes go in the bottom of the bag. The accessories are pinned in a Ziploc bag inside the bag. It's all about not getting things separated. I, I started that when I had a truck costumer in Vancouver that was green. I was like, oh, I'm going back to this uh, bag system. Because I cannot, we can't. Yeah, it's, it's a way of trapping physical mm -hmm. things together. I love it. I love it. So I love this conversation. You and I are going to teach classes on system and tags <laughs> and colors. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. Thank you for this donation and our previous hundreds of dollars of donations. Amazing. I, just, I really am so glad we wore the same lipstick most of all. I know. <laughs> Great. And now I need to, you know, I love that we kind of have the same hair color too. You just have more oh, of it. <laughs> I'm just really leaning into the uh, quarantine lack of haircut. That's, that's where I'm Let going. it go. Let it go. Yeah. You're beautiful. Uh, pass it, pass the message on guys. If you guys didn't get to see this, go to my Instagram page. It'll be posted there. This was the funnest morning. I'm so Glad that you joined. Thank and you for having me. You're welcome. Wait, this is going. This is going to your Instagram TV, right? So people yes. can look. Okay, so great. if people pay me a hundred dollars every episode, then they get <laughs> to watch it. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> if you go to my, it's not even Instagram TV now. What they do is they let you upload it right to your posts, so it'll be right oh. there. Yeah. Okay. Great. Totally. Because I ended up watching Lose. I think that later that same day. So it was just right. There was a link right to live. So it goes okay, right so people to can it find now. This. It's cool. It's like now it doesn't go to your live. It goes to your page, and that's why under fifty minutes it, uh, or under an hour it kicks you off. So now ours will be a two-parter. Part one. Yeah. Part whoa. Two. Yeah. Sorry, I was long-winded. Because we're fancy. <laughs> long-winded. I talk so much. You're kidding me. Thank you, Jen, for being here. Thank you for everybody just tuning in. Thank you for Western Costume for being our sponsor. And we'll just keep in touch like we have been. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, love. You were so much fun. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Are you kidding me? I could talk to that woman forever.